plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And you can find the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. We are back in studio today, recording this on Monday afternoon. I apologize for some of the shorter shows last week uh, as I was on vacation. I, this, I know the sound quality wasn't uh, as good as we wanted it to be. Uh, we were recording it from... <laughs> From our beach hotel room. I apologize for that. We are back in studio. To make up for it, I got some big things planned for this podcast. I can't reveal them yet. But in the next couple of weeks, you guys are going to find out why. I'm so excited for what this podcast has in store. Lots of big things coming. I will fill you in as we get there. But today's show, we're going to focus on some of the notes that I took rewatching the Cowboys preseason game. From Thursday night, uh, last Friday, we went over some quick observations, some you know instant reactions. I've had a chance to study the offense in depth quite a bit. We're going to talk about the offense today and some of the notes. Tomorrow, we'll get into a lot of the defensive notes. Little A little tease for you, but Paco Charlton was not as bad as people want to make it seem. We're going to talk about why he might have been the best player on the field on Tuesday. We'll talk about that then. Let's get right into um, some of my notes. We're going to start with the offensive line because that's one of the things that I really like to pay attention to is who are the best offensive linemen in the game? What do we need to watch out for? And I'm going to go right through my notes the way I have them listed. Uh, The first one, Emmett Cleary. He started at left tackle for the Cowboys in the game. I'm a little bit more worried about the swing tackle position after reviewing the game film. We know that Chaz Green is probably going to be the team's left guard if he's healthy. That means that Emmett Cleary is probably going to be the uh, team's swing tackle. He's not even close to the same caliber as Chaz Green, let alone Tyron Smith. Cleary is not a good practice player. He gets routinely uh, beaten practice. And in the Arizona game, those guys were beating him around the edge pretty consistently. Uh, the Cowboys had to use some running backs to help help him off the side, help the chips so their quarterbacks didn't get killed. I just don't think that Cleary is a NFL-caliber tackle. Uh, whether the Cowboys decide to move somebody else or try to maybe acquire a veteran, a guy that I'm kind of interested in is Eric Winston from Cincinnati, who may be on his way out. But I'm a little bit worried about that left or that swing tackle spot after reviewing the film. Dan Skipper, the six foot ten offensive tackle guard from Arkansas, he might be already a little bit better than Cleary. His leverage is always going to be a problem. Uh, he holds too much. They weren't calling a lot of holding penalties in the game on Thursday night, so Skipper was a, he was allowed to get away with stuff. But uh, I kind of like his pl- power. I like his length. Um, I thought he was okay. 
in practice, that's the guy that gets beat all the time by some of these edge rushers, especially the guys that have a little bit more speed. They need a swing tackle. I, I think Skipper is a guy that could potentially be on the team's practice squad. Maybe the Cowboys try to develop into him into a swing tackle a year, two years down the road, but he's not ready for NFL action either. Next one, Lyle Collins. Really, really good. Uh, there was a couple times that he overextended, and he tends to do that at times because he just doesn't have the length that other tackles have, but he has power. So what he needs to do is focus on letting the guys get into his body a little bit more and then exercise his power. He he gets in trouble when he overextends. His feet aren't as quick as some of the other tackles that we've seen, but he makes up with it with his tenacity, his meanness, his uh, his toughness, and just overall power. I tweeted out on Sunday that while the Cowboys may be little, losing a little bit in pass protection with uh, Collins as opposed to Doug Free, they might be getting significantly better in the run game. Uh, there was times where Collins just threw his defender to the ground. And, you know, this is a new spot that he's learning, and you can see that he is just he is just a overpowering tackle that can absolutely dominate some of these speed rushers. We've talked about how he might struggle against Von Miller and Olivier Vernon and those kind of guys but in the passing game, but he might dominate them so bad on the ground that it might not matter. I'm curious to see what Collins looks like from the Hall of Fame game to the well, the Cowboys' fourth preseason game because I think you're going to see a big jump in play for him, and I think this Collins move is going to work out for Dallas. Next one, Byron Bell. Not too much on him. Uh, he struggled with Robert Nedemski some. He got beat uh, once or twice, but okay otherwise. He's a veteran tackle. I think he may end up being the team's uh, swing tackle guard, a guy that they keep active on game days just because he can fill so many different roles. Jonathan Cooper, uh, better than I initially thought. Uh, I thought he was pretty good. You can see that he's he still has some quickness left. He still has some power. Um, he ends up on the ground far too often, and that's going to be a problem. <laughs> there was times where he ended up on the ground, and it almost caused another Cowboy offensive lineman to get their ankle caught underneath him. That's always going to be a problem because you don't want your guys getting on the ground, especially in a wide zone type of rushing attack. But I saw him get to the second level multiple times, saw him get to linebackers. Now he needs to do a better job of getting those linebackers out of the way or putting them on the ground. But you can see that the Cowboys like his athleticism and ability get to get to the second level. I still think Chaz Green is going to win that spot, but I think Jonathan Cooper can be a competent left guard. And that's really all the Cowboys are looking for. They just want to find somebody who is not a, uh, a liability at that spot. Next one, Joe Looney. He played a little bit of center in the game for the Cowboys. I thought he struggled a lot with Nadenski. Nadenski just killed him with quickness. Um, but other players struggle with Nadenski. I think Looney has a pretty good chance of making the roster as he's really the only backup center that the Cowboys have. Uh, we'll see. Um, overall, their offensive line wasn't too bad, uh, considering that they were missing Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, and Chaz Green. I thought they held up okay. I I, I think they need to add maybe another tackle. Maybe they need to grab a veteran. But overall, not too bad of a game for the Cowboys offensive line. 
Now, the guy that everybody wants to talk about, Rico Gathers. I thought he was much better than I even thought on Friday after watching him. He caught three passes, the touchdown, and then two passes on the flats. I think that this is a guy that you can find a role with right away. What made me think that he was a lot better this time after rewatching him? First of all, was his blocking. Did not get beat very often. Uh, the one thing he needs to work on is sometimes he can get, he doesn't have enough power in his hands and he can be driven back a little bit. And I think if I was a tight end coach, he needs to stay on some of these blocks a little bit longer. Now, a lot of that, you could say that's effort, but that could also be him playing a high number of snaps. I think he almost played 60 snaps in this game. If he can get a little bit more of a mean streak in his blocking and play with a little bit more of an effort, I think this could be not only a average blocker, but I think this could be a really, really good blocker on the edge. His size, and you can see his power at times, but his size and power allow him to take defense ends and throw them off to the side when he wants to. If he wants to get on the field, that's how he's going to do it first. I just don't see the Cowboys playing a tight end strictly for their receiving ability. They want a guy that can come in and can block at least to an average level to make the defenses account for their two tight end sets. If he can become that dominating a blocker, you will see him on the field sooner rather than later. As a receiver, I thought he was open a lot more than what Kellen Moore found him. Partially, that's because Kellen Moore is a shorter quarterback, just about six foot tall, and he he struggles seeing the middle of the field because of his height. Rico was open down the seams multiple times in this game. If Dak Prescott was playing in this game, I think you would have seen a monster game from Rico. His size and speed is phenomenal. And that's where he's going to be a weapon is up the seams because he's going to be able to out-rebound some of those safeties. What he needs to improve on is his quickness. Out of the block, he can be a little bit sluggish at times. I, I don't know if that's because he was playing too many snaps, uh, whether he's just not used to being in a three-point stance, or maybe he's just playing a little bit too heavy. To me, it looks like he's playing at about 285 pounds. Maybe he carries that weight well. Maybe he should drop 10, 15 pounds to try to get a little bit more explosive. I don't know. That's my take from watching him was that he just kind of struggles coming out of the blocks. But once he gets up to you know, 10, 15 yards on the field, he reaches top speed pretty quickly. His touchdown catch was phenomenal. He, that might have been the best route I've seen him run you know, in the last two seasons in training camp and in the preseason. He got to his spot quickly, boxed out the defender, made the catch with the defender grabbing at the ball in his hands. Just a strong, strong play. I don't think he's going to be a guy that starts games for the Cowboys this year. I'm not, not even sure he's a guy that's going to be active on most game days. But I think he's proving that he could find a role in this offense, maybe in the second half of the year if he continues uh, with his development. He's just so much more athletic and physically dominant than the players that he's playing around. We'll see what happens with him, but his physical ability is off the charts. Let's pause for a second to talk about our friends at SeatGeek. 
Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and just with two taps, I can instantly find seats. I just used my tickets to buy some Pirates tickets before uh, the season ends. I know the Pirates aren't going to make the playoffs this year, so I want to get to, get to Pittsburgh to go ahead and see them. Just two taps get to me the tickets right where I need them. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download that SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Make sure you use it to, to get those opening day tickets. Want to see you guys all in Dallas for the first game against the Giants. All right, let's go to some of the receivers. Of the receivers that we saw, Bryce Butler was obviously the best. You saw his speed and you saw his size. You saw his ability to lay out for catches. He's really the best deep receiver on the Cowboys roster. This is a guy that I'm just a little skeptical on because he's never had a 350-yard receiving season in college or in the NFL. I'm just a little skeptical that he's going to break out at age 27. However, the Cowboys need that deep threat. Maybe that's something more they incorporate in their offense this year. We will see. Uh, but Butler looked pretty good. There was one pattern, that, and this is what causes Butler to not jump up the depth chart. Is early in the team's, I believe, third drive, Butler had one-on-one -on -one coverage on the right-hand side. The safety, there was one safety, was in the middle of the field. Kellen Moore recognized that safety was in the middle of the field and Butler had one-on-one -on -one with a young corner. Butler took the outside release, got open, and came back and read it as a comeback and came back to the ball. Kellen Moore threw the ball down the sideline, which I mean, he threw a nice ball. Might have been a long catch. Butler read it wrong, and it was a miscommunication. It's those type of plays that keep Butler from you know challenging Terrence Williams for snaps. He, he the coverage was perfectly set up for him to make a play on the ball deep down the field, and he read it differently, and that's how you lose coaching staff's trust. I'm interested to see what Butler can do in the next preseason game. I'm I'm figuring you'll see him a lot, just like you did in the last one. Overall, though, not too bad of a game for Bryce Butler. Of the rest of the young receivers, Andy Jones was the best. You can see that he's a lot more confident than he was last year. Uh, he's a pretty athletic guy, very smooth in his route running ability, uh, just snatches the ball easily out of his hands. We talked about him having a big camp so far. I'm interested to see how he progresses through preseason. Does he win a maybe a fictitious six receiver spot? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Noah Brown didn't do mu too much. He drew two penalties, I believe. The Cowboys threw him a couple fade passes. On one, he didn't do a great job at fighting for the ball, and it resulted in an interception. I like Noah Brown. I think that he's got a, a potential in the NFL. You can see the role that the Cowboys would like to have him have. They motioned him inside the box a couple times and asked him to chip 
uh, defense end. One time he had a nice cut on uh, the Cardinals' right defense end. There's a role for him. I'm not sure he's ready to contribute yet. I think he's a perfect guy to stash on the practice squad for the next, uh, maybe in the next year, maybe even two years, and see what you have when Bryce Butler moves on and maybe Des Bryant gets a little bit older. As for Kellen Moore, we've mentioned before, I'm not a Kellen Moore fan, but I thought he was competent on Thursday night. It's clear that he knows this offense. He's a guy that if he comes in, it's going to be a lot of short passes uh, to the running backs. We saw the Keith Smith caught a bunch of passes. Rod Smith caught a bunch of passes. It's going to be that, and it's going to be shots down the field to the receivers, hopefully you know, 50-50 balls. That's going to be the offense. They're not going to hit many passes in the middle of the field. His size is just it limits him too much on what he can do, and he doesn't have the arm strength to throw it down the seams with a ton of velocity. We'll see. I, I've, I mentioned this on the podcast over and over. If Dak Prescott were to go down for any length of time, the Cowboys' first call would probably be to Tony Romo if this team is still in contention. We'll see what happens, but... I think Kellen Moore will be good enough to get them through the preseason. Uh, for the running backs, let's start with Darren McFadden, who started the game. He had just two runs. One was a blown-up play on a wide zone. That's where Robert Ndedenski just blew past Joe Looney. McFadden didn't have a chance. The other one was a positive run. I thought he missed a little hole to the right. But overall, I've got no concerns with McFadden. I know people are looking at that box score seeing he had two carries from minus six yards and assuming that he's washed up no that's just not the truth the offensive line just did not play very well on his two runs Alfred Morris looked good I was not an Alfred Morris guy and anybody who's listened to this podcast the last few weeks knows that I'm not the biggest Alfred Morris fan but I thought he looked much lighter than last season he looked more explosive and he's just a more comfortable runner in the wide zone compared to McFadden. Uh, he sees the cutbacks better. He seems like he has a better feel as to uh, how to read the defense ends at the edge. I thought he looked better. Does that mean he's going to make the roster over Rod Smith? I don't know. I just don't know how much Alfred Morris provides other than his running, rushing ability. But maybe he's good enough that a team that's needing a running back throws a conditional 6th or 7th round pick at him. We'll see. Uh, I was just pleasantly surprised by how Alfred Morris looked. Last one I want to talk about is Rod Smith, a favorite of this podcast. Of the three running backs that we just talked about, he has the most power. He may be the best receiver. He's got the most versatility as he can play fullback and on special teams. I was impressed with his overall rushing ability. He was playing with some of the third and fourth string offensive linemen, but I was impressed with just how much he can offer the Cowboys. They used him one time, split him out wide as a receiver. They had him playing as an H-back on one snap. He played out of shotgun. He just does a little bit of everything, and I think it's pretty clear that he's probably going to be this team's third running back uh, for this season. Tomorrow, we will be talking about a ton of defensive notes that I have. We'll talk about Taco Charlton, Demontre Moore, Charles Tapper, who was an interesting guy to watch, uh, Jordan Carroll, Jordan Ivey, Xavier Woods, uh, Byron Jones. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. That's it for today's show. 
Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Hit us up with a five-star review. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys, and we will see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.